I'll try to be more to the point. Welcome to my podcast. This is the Dr. Raymond Havlicek and Friends podcast for Monday, the 26th of February. I'm continuing with my series on Whiteface Mountain, and today I'm blessed to have my good friend and ski partner, Charlie Levitz here, uh, chef extraordinaire, uh, to give us our uh, comments about uh, how we can make this wonderful mountain that we all love even better. So welcome, Charlie. Thank you, Ray. Yeah. Did you have a good ski this morning on Skyward? No, it was pretty great. Yeah, it was really an amazing morning. A little uh, flat on the light. Yeah, it was but... hard for me to see, but as a positive, that slowed me down, and I uh, worked on technique and control, and uh, we had three beauties on there. And then we, we went over to Mountain Run and Wilderness, and that, that was almost as good, I thought. I thought it was better. Better? Yeah. And then finally, we ended up on on uh, Boreen, and Boreen was really nice. Wasn't that nice way yes, to end? Yes, what a great finale. Good finale is right. We we, we do approximately 10,000 to 15,000 vertical feet in the morning. Charlie got me to get one of those devices that you put on your wrist, and you hit the button and it, it tells it calculates how many vertical feet of skiing you're doing so that's good for my diet i like that because if i get fifteen thousand feet it means i've probably burned enough calories to eat a little bit more <laughs> you could you have know. one of iris's cheeseburgers right one of her cheeseburgers is right so at any rate uh, uh we've we've been having a very good reaction to the podcast and um, the last one was really good with Gary Calton back. He really gave a lot of really great suggestions. So today we're going to get Charlie's views. So let's start off with uh, this. You're a Telemark skier. Is that correct, uh, That's Charlie? correct. Okay. And those of you that don't know what Telemark skiing is, that's sort of like cross-country skiing, but it has metal edges. And I believe the toe piece is affixed to the ski and the heel can rise. That is correct. And I use um, a regular alpine or downhill ski and i mount a tele binding on that because uh white face has such beautiful and challenging terrain you need uh the advantages that a regular downhill ski can supply so you can cross over can you you can switch from telemark to alpine and then back again well the binding um allows your heel to come up my type of binding um doesn't lock the heel down, but there are times where I need to get back into control and I will use a couple of alpine turns gotcha. by just pressing down uh, my heel and pretending. Gotcha. Okay. Very good. So, um, you know, uh, we, we all love Whiteface Mountain folks, and that's the reason we're doing this series on on uh, this podcast is to celebrate our wonderful mountain. In my opinion, I don't know how you feel, Charlie, but in my opinion, it's the best skiing in the East. I think we're blessed. We have a almost 5,000 foot tall mountain with 3,200 feet of vertical skiing terrain on it. You take one run from top to bottom and boy, oh boy, your legs hurt and you know you've been skiing. Wouldn't you say? I would say, and I probably say that uh, six mornings a week. Right. Do you agree that it's at least one of the best mountains in the East, if not the best mountain? 
How do I you would feel say about I that? feel it's the best. Yeah. Yes. That the overall experience uh, is tailor-made for what I'm looking for. Absolutely. It's a wonderful, wonderful mountain. And it, it is a real skiers mountain. Not to say that there isn't intermediate terrain. There's plenty of intermediate terrain. You've got the uh, uh, Wilmington Trail, which is 2.1 miles long. Then you have Perrin's Trail, which comes off the top of the mountain and then intersects with Excelsior. Uh, and that's probably even longer. That's probably three miles, I would imagine, the, the combined length of those two trails together. And that is a blue square. Both of those are blue squares. So you've got plenty of terrain. Then you've got an entire uh, area of the mountain called the Learning Center, the Bear Den Learning Center for for beginners. So there's something for everyone. And folks, it's no longer ice face. It hasn't been for decades, ice face. We've got great snowmaking and and grooming. So having said that, what are your experiences, Charlie, in skiing at White? I just wanted to add that I feel they did a tremendous uh, development of the Bears Den learning area. And I hear nothing but uh, rave reviews about it. And so it really seems to be firing on all cylinders. Yes, folks, you got to go over there even if you're a good skier and you don't want to waste your time with the Bear Den, but it, it is really nice. And I've gone over there just out of curiosity to see what they have. They have two lifts um, and they make it really easy to get on. Then they have this magic carpet for kids that are afraid of the lift and they just all they have to do is stand on it and brings them up to the top and they're in a tube. Um, it's groomed beautifully. They've got, I don't know, 20 or 30 snow guns over there. And it, it's just beautiful how, how nice, nice it is. So having said that, um, uh, Charlie, what are, what are your experiences at Whiteface? You ski there six days a week. I ski there maybe four. Um, and, uh, how do you feel about the way the mountain is running currently? Well, like anything, I feel that it's, uh, quite good. Uh, and certainly uh, makes me fire on all cylinders. I love, you know, the terrain. I love the views. I I love the vertical. I love, there's a certain feeling of accomplishment or toughness that um, you get. It's not a homogenized, uh, pampered type of mountain, you know. It's, uh, you know, earn your turns and, you know, it's raw, it's challenging, it's wonderful. No valet parking. <laughs> <laughs> if you're lucky, you get to step out in the mud. Right. <laughs> and, um, and there's just a camaraderie of people that um, every morning I, I feel reassured because my gang is there and, you know, they all understand, so there's no explanation needed. Yeah, we have the locker rooms, and uh, everyone makes friends in the locker room, so everyone knows everyone else. And then you stand on the either the gondola line or the uh, the main valley chair, which is a quad, uh, and everyone socializes. Everyone is extremely friendly, and they talk to one another about conditions and whatnot. Yes, and that was one of the things uh, that I wanted to discuss, but there's such a wide variety of people from ski bums to billionaires <laughs> and there's loads of expertise in in these rooms and in the building and i feel it's something that uh, is worth tapping into um these are the people who know because they're breathing it living it doing it 
on a daily basis. That's true. The things that I've noticed uh, this year, I have three that uh, seem to stick out. The first one I have is communication. There's really no communication from the third floor, and I feel that that's a a detriment. Um, Two gentlemen who, unfortunately, I don't know, but I'd love to meet someday, started a white-faced conditions group, Lincoln Riddle and Bill Brundage. And in a very short period of time, they have over 2,000 people taking part. They have also have a high credibility factor with people leaving comments that they can believe what's on there, they are trustworthy. It's just had a tremendous impact, and it's fun being part of it. So I feel in that vein that uh, management could do something similar, a few lines even if it was twice a week on the daily report that everyone checks and just kind of like the truth, you know, there's so many rumors that go around between the snowmaking, the grooming, the yes. this and the that, but just people will understand, you know, their complicated machinery, things break, things need to be maintained. There's just, and I think knowing is better than not knowing and it could separate us from uh, the crowd. I agree. They uh, should tell us when the lifts are going to be late in the morning. They should announce when they think it'll open up and why it's late, because we're all there ready to go at 830. To, I'm usually the first one on the line at 830, along with J.R. Hoyt and a few other guys, uh, Tommy Rodriguez. And uh, and but some mornings were there till nine o'clock waiting to go and they never come out and tell us why. So you're right. There's no there isn't good communication. And it would be good if they started to talk to us more directly about the problems that exist and why they are there and how they're going to fix them. I think that would go a long way. My next one is the snowmaking. There were problems of all kinds in the early season, not just the weather, but, you know, mechanical and operational with the snowmaking system. And I heard, you know, you asked 12 people, you'd get 12 different answers what they heard. So I think it would be refreshing for a ski area to say what's really going on. And I I feel that the customers would be um, very receptive and it would uh, be a refreshing breath of air. Couldn't agree more with you. Um, And I do want to also add that uh, I love the snowmakers and I'm indebted to them and sing their praises every day. So uh, thank you. Thank you. You know, it's a dangerous job too. You know, those, those guns, the, the ones that are on the ground, uh, they put out, they're like jet engines. They have tremendous thrust. And if you lose control of it, it could come back and hit you and kill you. Because that, oh, that is actually yes. happening. Uh, yeah. I am sure of that. Yes, yes. And they seem to be the old reliable. I know they have these fixed mounted ones, but mm-hmm. when they're really serious, they pile those uh, movable yes, things they around. Do. Yes. The uh, last concern is the grooming seems very different this year it does and that's something i 
don't know enough about to really answer, but there's been times when the grooming leaves dangerous troughs and hollowed out areas on trails so that either closes the trail or uh, it has to be marked off. Um, you know, some of the trails are narrow. So again, this, it becomes a safety factor. I would also, you know, inquire, you know, why it, it's not fixed or repaired the snow surface uh, prior to opening. They obviously are aware that it didn't come out to standard because when it does, it's heaven on earth. Absolutely. And you just can't beat it. So it's noticeable. Also, some trails, like for example, Victoria is now half groomed. So yeah, why is that? Why why do they? I have no idea. Yeah. You know, do they get more traffic on a trail if it's got the moguls or ungroomed? No, they still they, they ski ski on the groomed sur surface. I think most do. Yeah, yeah. But you know, how are these decisions made? The same. Cloudspin used to be groomed and uh, was a delight, but the last few years it was left ungroomed. So again, do they get more people on it? Are they trying not to get more people on it? You know, what what is the rationale with that? Yeah, they're taking away valuable ski territory from us by not having it groomed. No one goes down Cloudspin. It, Sunday would be a good example of that both Parents and Skyward um, – had grooming issues. Parents ended up being opened, um, but I felt it was dangerous. So I went, you know, at slow and only took one run on it. And Skyward, um, again, was not uh, opened. Now it could be due to the um, ice um, yeah, I, from the I, weather I we've had or that type of thing. But on the a sunny last day of the holiday period, I would think they'd want to put their best cards on the table. Yeah, the mountain advertises these ski trails. So you pay your money, you go skiing, and I think everything should be groomed every morning as far as I'm concerned. that that That's what people are paying for. They want access to all of that stuff. So this morning I came down Essex and it was not groomed at all. It was a sheet of ice. Then I came down Victoria. That was not good either. Skyward was great because they groomed it. But I don't know, I don't understand why certain things are not groomed. Yes, that, or why some are yes, half groomed. Half so groomed. again, yeah. that could fall into the communication, um, yeah. you know, factor. And these runs are the thing that make Whiteface uh, superior and special and above any other ski area in the East. You know, they're, they're mean, they're wide, they're steep, they're beautiful. And no other ski area in the East that I can recall um, has anything no. like this. There's nothing like uh, Skyward or Mountain Run or Wilderness. Skyward is an iconic trail. It's very wide, folks, if you've never been up on it. It's steep. The, up, the first 200 feet of it is extremely steep. And then it sort of levels out a little bit and gets a little less steep. But it is a beautiful trail. And then it goes into what's called the Niagara Headwall, which is again quite steep, and then it flattens out and goes into Victoria. Yeah, it's and just those beautiful. are the iconic uh, Olympic runs. Yes. So, yes. believe it or not, people are still looking to say, "I was on the men's downhill." Yes, they are. 
They are. And uh, that, that is sort of like a, a badge of courage. So it really should be groomed nicely to, for safety purposes, to make it uh, safe for it's, us all. Uh, every day. And we try to be up there. One of the first three chairs on yes. the lift. Yes. Thank you, you Charlie, can, for that. You know, there's <laughs> 30 people taking pictures, which we love because we can scoot right in front of yes. them. But um, so it obviously has, you know, a very powerful draw. Charlie saves me a place at the beginning of the line because what I do is I get up at 8.30 and I'm on that gondola and then I come down to the main chair and I come up and I'm there about four minutes to nine. But Charlie's always on there at the beginning of the line. So he sees me, he waves me up there and I get in, I sneak there onto the first chair and it's just, it's delightful every morning <laughs> to be the first going up there. Yes, I, I learned at the <laughs> master's knee, so to speak. Well, thank you. Yeah, I got Charlie into F. I used to be impatient and I would just take off, but right. I've learned that there's nothing like, you know, being the one of the first 10 to hit that one. Charlie, you had some ideas about um, uh, recognizing all the hard work that takes place at the mountain. Well, one of the other things that I feel makes Whiteface so special are the people. You know, Kelly always gives you a nice... Uh, hello. Yes. Sue at MidStation, you know, the same thing. The the lift operators on uh, chair six and the top of the gondola. Daryl. They always Darryl. wave to me. And um, Jay. I just think that, you know, they just go out of their way to make it special for you. They They're do. always pleasant and so on. And I was trying to think of something that could recognize, you know, their perseverance and their wonderful attitudes. So I've been working over the last year on a program to recognize and reward uh, the employees. Believe it or not, there's almost 140 employees that are behind the wow. scenes or on the lifts. I mean, there's the mechanics that take care of the lifts. There's mechanics that take care of the vehicles. There's cleaners that clean the lodges and the restrooms. I mean, that's a terrible, you know, thing, but they're always so friendly and nice about it. Yes, and they are. When you come in and it's, it's all ready, it, it's just a really nice feeling. So my idea was to, and I've spoken um, with management on this and we've outlined the different parameters, but the basic idea was to have a program that people who come to Whiteface or don't even come to Whiteface, they can still contribute, mm -hmm. would contribute to a GoFundMe campaign, which would be supported and explained also by a Facebook page. So I wanted to call this program Nice Face. I think that's great. <laughs> and nice um, hopefully uh, there'd be enough contributions. It's like leaving a little extra gratuity for the kitchen. Sure. Or uh, extra good service and so on. And then they could be rewarded by attending um, an end of the year bash. So again, it would have to be after the mountain is closed so that every employee has an opportunity to attend. And I think uh, it would just be a really nice thank you. And hopefully um, people would embrace this and it could continue on um, each year. 
I think it, we're, we're we're talking about a spirit of 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 uh, cooperation to make our lovely mountain even better. I learned it at an early age. You get a lot more bees with honey than you do with vinegar. So if we have suggestions about making the mountain better, please, folks, just realize it's all in the con- context of tremendous uh, gra- uh, gratitude on our part for the work that everyone does to make our skiing experience at Whiteface so good that we want to get up early every morning and be there every morning that we can. We do. And I was unaware of how many people are behind the scenes helping this uh, push forward yes. and be ready for us. It's uh, Yeah, the ticket sales, for instance, the People parking attendance and third third floor upstairs that have to take care of everything all the paperwork financial yep. stuff and whatnot great so i do need i'm putting out a call for a volunteer or two but i do need someone my area of expertise doesn't really cover this but i'd like to create a facebook page and a gofundme page or account and um you know maybe some posters or you know, little hang-ups that we could put around the base lodge. T-shirts. See if there's um, any response for uh, nice face. Folks, I have to say, I don't know how to do a GoFundMe page or to even set up a group on white face, on uh, Facebook, but I think that is a wonderful idea. So anyone that'd like to email me, um, uh, you, if you go on Spotify and you look at all my podcasts, you'll see that there's a there's a, an email address for my podcast please send your name and uh an interest in either being a participant in the podcast we need all kinds of people not just people that are great skiers but people that are learning as well and intermediates but those who are interested in helping charlie uh, with the GoFundMe uh, uh, idea to show our gratitude and appreciation to the 140 people that are working at Whiteface to make our skiing experience what it is every day. Let me know, and I'll forward those emails to Charlie. Sound good? I think that sounds great, and I, I think uh, the staff would be extremely pleased that uh, we're thinking about them. Okay, so now don't get too far out over those skis. That'll be the day. <laughs> Carve those skis, right? Don't yeah. draft me. Use the whole thing. Thanks, the day so- I draft you is my last day of skiing. <laughs> Thanks, Charlie. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Dr. Raymond Havlicek Whiteface series. Trying to make the mountain better. I think I'm going to start calling Whiteface Nice Face. I love that. Nice face. <laughs> oh, Sometimes yeah. Sometimes just one letter makes a big difference. One letter can make all the difference in the world. We, we, we replace W and I with N for nice face. Don't run me over, Charlie. <laughs> Don't run me over. Thanks for listening, folks.